What's happening, my Jack family? Coach Scott here, jackedafter40.com and shreddedafter40.com. Welcome to another episode of the Jacked After 40 podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the best way to gain muscle after 40. We're going to be basing this approach on the research, on the body of evidence out there, as well as personal experiences. So I would love to hear from you down in the comment section below, letting me know if your own personal experiences of building muscle after 40 jive with what the research and evidence shows, as well as my own personal experiences. We're going to be going over how to structure your workouts, how to structure your training plan throughout the year, as well as how to to structure your nutrition, your diet, and the rate of weight gain that you should be experiencing if you want to experience the best muscle gaining results after 40. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please do me a favor and smash that thumbs up button. And if you know a fellow bro who would benefit from hearing the information in today's podcast, do me a favor and share it with them. Let's kick things off with some realistic expectations here. Now, based on the evidence during our first year of proper training where we are following a well-structured, strategically designed workout plan, our nutrition is dialed in, our lifestyle is dialed in, we can expect to gain potentially two pounds of muscle per month, maybe 20 to 25 pounds per year. The second year, that gets cut in half. We can expect to gain maybe a pound of muscle per month or about 10 pounds, 12 pounds per year. Third year gets cut in half again and we're looking at maybe gaining about half a pound of muscle per month. After four years of training, we are looking at maybe potentially gaining two to three pounds of muscle per year, and it just keeps getting like less and less the more training experience you have under your belt. And once again, it is based on proper training experience. I mean, we've been training for a lot of us guys. I mean, I'm 45 right now. I started working out when I was 13. Those first few years, there wasn't a lot of smart training involved. I mean, I was still, I was getting a lot of, inform a lot of my information from magazines and, and probably not the best sources of training advice, but still it was pretty darn good workout plans at that time. But for me, fortunately, I mean, fitness has been my life, my, my dream, my passion from that very early age, like 14, I told my buddy I was going to own a health club when I was older. older. I, like, I knew this was my life, so I fully immersed myself in it. And during those early years, in addition to those magazines, I was following some pretty smart, strategically designed plans. I mean, maybe not the best in the beginning. I mean, we're looking right now, I've got uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Education of a Bodybuilder, um, book here that has a training plan, some training plans in there that I was following at a pretty early age uh, and moving on to his um, encyclopedia of a bodybuilder there, modern encyclopedia of a bodybuilder. Uh, I had some classic books, the Steve Reeves, uh, the, the classic physique there. I've got uh, Hatfield, Fred Hatfield, his power power, a scientific approach to lifting here. So some quality books, like I was fully immersing myself in some very smart training design and I was applying that. I mean, I was a young guy, I was a smaller guy um, into sports and everything. So I wanted to do everything in my power to to get bigger, to get stronger, to get more muscular. Plus the girls dug it a lot as well. So I was, I was really fully immersed into it. And then my late teens is when I really started, uh, things really started kicking in for me, especially when I got into the human kinetics program, kinesiology. And uh, when this, this book was probably a game changer for me 
periodization training for sports. Um, it's, it's, it's the first time where I started looking at training a big picture approach to training. Rather than just taking a workout plan and following it for a month or so and trying to find someone else's workout plan and follow that for a little bit, this was this had a full year kind of training where different types of mesocycles um, all throughout the year where you were following a, a strength focused plan, you were following a hypertrophy focused plan, you were following different kinds of hybrid approach uh, training splits in there and just each one was building off of each other. So this this was at an early age, I was 19 years old, learning this kind of stuff with my training, really structuring my training for the year, training intelligently. At the same time, I mean, there's some nutrition advice in these books as well, uh, but also Power Eating by uh, Susan Kleiner. Excellent, excellent, incredible book that really got things dialed in for me as well uh, at the same time so after I was following that that uh, book so Tudor Bompa was definitely in those early a big influence on my training in those early age and then he had the the serious strength training book here as well uh, then got into some stuff like Ken Sprague his his more muscle uh, John Hansen IFBB Pro his natural book and then built hard uh, so I was like fully fully freaking immersed into bodybuilding and smart, intelligent training from an early age. Now I share all of that to just kind of back up the point of the importance of proper training when it comes to setting up these realistic expectations. And I've got over 25 years of proper training under my belt. So if they're saying like after four years of proper training, you can expect to gain two to three pounds of muscle per year, and it's gonna keep diminishing year after year as you get closer and closer to your genetic potential. I mean, I'm not looking at massive amounts of muscle that I can gain at this stage of the game. So I've gotta set up some realistic expectations. I Am I at my genetic potential, my genetic limit right now? Absolutely not. I'm gonna say hell freaking no, and I am doing everything in my power to try to squeeze every last bit of muscle gains from my potential as I possibly can. Am I getting near that genetic potential? Absolutely, hell yes I am. Getting closer and closer with each passing year of smart, intelligent training. So I'm just trying to, to to paint a, a realistic expectations for myself when it comes to how much muscle I can gain. So if I'm not gaining five pounds of muscle this year, I'm not feeling disappointed. I'm not thinking, well, God, what's wrong with me? Maybe I should turn to performance enhancing drugs. Maybe maybe my testosterone isn't as high as it should be. Maybe I should get on TRT. Because uh, I see a lot of men over 40 kind of falling into that trap without kind of looking at this big picture of, of, of setting up realistic expectations for themselves. It's knowing that as men over 40 who are advanced lifters can realistically expect to gain maybe two to three pounds of muscle per year. It is recommended based on the evidence that we aim to gain about 0.5% of our total body weight per month. So for a 200 pound bro, you're looking at gaining one pound per month. For a bro like myself who's around a buck 50, I'm looking at gaining maybe three quarters of a pound per month. Now that is fairly 
really freaking insignificant and very, very tough to measure. It's not something you're gonna be trying to make judgments based on a daily weigh-in, even a weekly weigh-in. Even a monthly monitoring of your progress is going to be difficult to gauge how well you're progressing. So you're gonna have to monitor your progress over the course of months or even a year. It is a very slow process, which is very important for you to just fully immerse yourself in the process, experience the joy in the process, and really just making sure that you are giving the best of yourself to your nutrition, to your workouts, and just keeping everything in check, especially your lifestyle, your sleep, your stress management, all those things. So stay dialed in and just gauge the scale weight progress over the course of Again, at least a month, but more so over multiple months at a time. Now, there are a few arguments against this very, very slow and steady approach. For some physique coaches, they'll say like, how if the scale is moving that slow and it takes months to really see any kind of progress at all, how do you actually know you are building muscle? And yeah, it is, it's tough, it's a mental struggle. It is tough to gauge whether you're progressing or not. So it, because they can't, they don't see the, the, the quicker measurements, for them, they'll like speed it up to maybe let's gain 1% of your body weight per month. So a 200 pound bro would be gaining two pounds per month on this plan and uh, they just, they, at least they know, hey, we're something's happening. We're moving in the right direction. Uh, so there is that argument. It's it's somewhat of a valid argument, but you've got to take into consideration that, yeah, okay, you can tell that you're moving in the right direction, but you're gaining a lot more fat in the process as well. I've heard some, from some uh, physique coaches, you got um, Mike Isertel at Renaissance Periodization. There, occasionally he's pushed above that 1% just to really see if it's gonna have any kind of advantages and uh, for basically, it's just a shit show and it's just not worth it to push it beyond that point very often. So uh, most physique coaches, we're looking at, we're talking about like Eric Helms here, the 3DMJ guys, they're not gonna push their guys um, above 1% of their total body weight per uh, per month at all, especially for us men over 40. And again, in their um, Muscle and Strength Pyramid book, their recommendation for advanced lifters here is 0.5% of, of your total body weight per month. So now let's take a look at how many calories we should be consuming in order to achieve that goal. Now, years past, those early training years, it made sense to consume a 500 calorie surplus if we're able to gain the two pounds of muscle, one to two pounds of muscle per month, that 500 calorie surplus is going to go to great use. You're gonna see a lot more of that going towards building muscle than adding fat to your physique. When you are an advanced lifter, so four uh, plus years of lifting experience under your belt, especially if you're a man over 40 with several years and decades of lifting under your belt, consuming a 500 calorie surplus is just it's ridiculous, in my opinion, personally. You're just setting yourself up for a lot of fat gain and a lot of dieting in your future. So what the evidence shows is that in order to achieve this, this, um, this smart, intelligent way of gaining muscle after 50 and aiming for 0.5% of your body weight per 
month, you're looking at maybe about 60 to 100 calorie surplus in order to achieve that goal. You got that uh, Lyle McDonald's uh, methodology here. He's looking at about 60 calories in order to a, achieve your goal of gaining that 0.5% of your total body weight per month. In the Muscle and Strength Pyramid book, they're looking at uh, anywhere up to like 60 up to 100 calories per day surplus in order to get to that point of 0.5% percent of your weight gain per month. So we are not looking at a very large surplus at all. And when you really think about it, it's really tough to, to gauge. Like our, our metabolism, our, our total daily energy expenditure, our, our metabolic rate um, on a daily basis is going to be fluctuating. You could basically spend a little bit more time on your feet today. And you, if you consumed the same amount of calories each and every day, you might not hit that 60 calorie surplus for that day. So there's little things that you're going to have to be very aware of. It's so nuanced. It's so it's so tough to, to gauge. So it really helps to be as structured as possible with your lifestyle, as structured as possible with your nutrition. I don't want you, uh, when it comes to this, this muscle building process, I don't want you obsessing over tracking calories. I think tracking calories should just be temporary. You kind of get your maintenance level calories under control. You see you see how much, how many calories you're consuming on a daily basis in order to uh, kind of maintain your weight over the course of a few weeks. Once you get that dialed in, you're used to eyeballing your portion sizes. You can, you can do away with the tracking and just kind of go with your intuitive eating and try to eat a little bit more than that in order to hit that 60 to 100 calorie surplus for the day. But again, it's, you're not going to be seeing drastic changes on the scale. It's going to take a lot of time. If you see your scale weight dropping, you know you're not eating enough. But it's going to be very tough. You're going to be, it's almost like you're at maintenance level calories. So again, that's where some of the physique coaches are going to argue. How do you know you're in a surplus? How do you know you're building muscle? How do you, how do you know you're getting enough fuel in you to, to build muscle? And it, it is tough. But then again, do you consume a 300 calorie, a 500 calorie surplus just for the sake of knowing, all right, I know for sure I'm in a surplus right now. I'm building muscle. But then again, you're packing on the muscle that you then have to strip off down the road and spend more time dieting. So to summarize what the research and evidence suggest is that if you've got over four years of proper lifting experience under your belt, which most of us men over 40 have, uh, we're looking at maybe gaining two to three pounds of muscle per year in order to achieve that goal, we should aim for an average weight gain of 0.5% of our total body weight per week. And in order to achieve that goal, we're looking at maybe a 60 to 100 calorie surplus. Now that is with, when it comes to research and evidence, we just use that to guide us. So you can like, based on your, what you take from all that, maybe you want to go a little bit more, uh, in the beginning here. What's most important is our own personal experiences of applying that research of applying that evidence. And I'm going to share my 10 years of experience, the past 10 years experience of what my kind of bulking, cutting, building, cutting uh, approaches have been like and how my body has responded to that. So talking 10 years ago, I dropped 50 pounds of fat. And after that point, had a lot of my fellow bros going, all right. So I'm, I was 35 at the time. They're like, all right, dude, it is time. Don't worry about your abs. You, you lose your abs, just focus on building muscle. Add some size to your body because I was much smaller. Only like 146 pounds right now. So when I was back then, I was 
like 136, 100, 137 pounds when I first cut down and dropped that 50 pounds of excess fat. So like, dude, you gotta build up, uh, go for that bulking approach. Um, don't worry about losing your abs. So I ended up that first muscle building approach. I gained about 30 pounds in five to six months. And so we're looking at probably about five to six pounds of gained per month in order to get to that point. So not that's not excessive compared to what some other people would do, but I pushed my limits. I was making sure I was consuming enough food to build muscle. And then, so at the end of the point, now I've got this 30 pounds uh, extra on me, how much of that is going to be muscle? So I had to go through a cutting phase to get back to that same level of leanness that I had at the beginning of that muscle building phase. It took me four to five months to burn off that 30 pounds of fat and basically gained about a pound of muscle in that process. So I'm like, all right, 30 pounds was a bit excessive. Let's try to keep it to 20 pounds this time. So spread it out, gained 20 pounds again over like five to six months. So again, smart training, um, fairly like giving myself a good solid five to six months in a focused muscle building effort there and gained 20 pounds. At a point, 20 pounds, you can get rid of that in about 12 weeks. So we'll go through a 12 week cutting phase, gained about a pound. I did that for the, probably the next three years of gaining 20 pounds, cutting it and, and remaining with about a pound of muscle gain at the end of the year. So dur basically during the past 10 years, I have averaged about gaining about a pound of muscle per year. So first year was 30, a few years after that was 20. Five years ago was the last time that I had gained 20 pounds and cut it off during a 12 week cutting phase. I'm like, this is, it's just, to gain 20 pounds for one pound of muscle just seemed ridiculous that's just a, that's just a terrible ratio of one pound of muscle for 19 pounds of fat just it's it's way consuming way more calories than you need to to build muscle. I was definitely in way more of a surplus than I needed to be in order to build muscle at that stage. So after dropping that 20 pounds five years ago, I decided to slow the process down and aim for about 10 pounds of weight gain throughout the muscle building process. The best part about this new approach is that I got to spend less time in a caloric deficit. The five years prior, I would spend about five to six months building muscle and then three up to five months of cutting to, to shed that fat that I gained during the muscle building phases. Whereas during the past five years, I've only had to spend four weeks in a caloric deficit out of the year. After I go through that cutting phase, I hold that maintenance for about two months, really make sure I'm finding that maintenance level calories so I know where to, what I need to do to, to bump up just a little bit in order to be in a gentle caloric surplus. So I remain in that caloric surplus for seven months and then I hold that maintenance for two months to really allow my body to solidify those muscle gains, really establish this new set point for my body and then I go through a four week cutting phase again. So I am only spending four weeks out of the year in a caloric deficit. The rest of the time, I'm in a more anabolic state and just living my life to the fullest. I don't have to spend three, four, or five months dieting in deprivation and kind of missing out on some different opportunities to 
to really splurge and enjoy myself. So um, it has been a much more enjoyable experience. And the best part is, well, what I've, what I've, the best part is, is basically I'm able to only have to diet for four weeks out of the year and I'm still making the same rate of muscle gains. I'm basically averaging about a pound of muscle gain per year. And what it did, so that first year it was, I gave myself, I slowed it down to 10 pounds for the year. And for the past couple of years, it's been more around seven or eight pounds for the year that I've allowed myself to gain during that muscle building phase. But again, it's translated into one pound of muscle. So I'm still looking at a ratio of one pound of muscle to like seven to eight pounds of fat. And that is still, in my opinion, a pretty crappy ratio. It should be closer to, I, I think it's gonna be very tough to gauge a one to one kind of ratio, uh, but one to two, maybe one to three uh, ratio of muscle to fat gain is probably a little bit more acceptable. Uh, again, it's going to be very individual. And this is where the personal experience comes into play. I'm not gonna tell you to that you should only be gaining one pound of muscle per year. You're gonna be different from me. This is based on my my past experiences. So how I structure my muscle building phases, the rate of weight gain that I'm going to be experiencing this upcoming year is based on my past year's experiences. So five years, I mean, like I said, 10 years ago was 30 pounds of weight gain, then 20, 20, 20, then down to 10, then eight and seven. Uh, I'm basically trying to find that point where it's, I'm not just gaining excess weight in the form of fat. I wanna make sure that the majority of my weight gain is pretty darn close to muscle that I'm gaining and just kind of enjoying life, my life to the fullest. So I'm slowing it down this upcoming year instead of the seven to eight pounds of weight gain that I've been aiming for and realizing that no matter what, whether it was gaining 30 pounds, 20 pounds, 10 pounds, I'm still kind of averaging that one pound of muscle per year what's the point of gaining the excess fat? Any kind of excess fat has not helped me build any more muscle. It has not enhanced my life in any way, shape, or form. So why not stay closer to that set point and maybe this year gain four pounds during the course of that process and see how that goes. I'm still able to gain a pound of muscle during that process and I'm able to just kind of stay in my happy place where I'm not gaining excess fat for no reason whatsoever, um, it all comes down to experience. And the great part is, I mean, this has been 10 years of experience to get me to this point. I know how to eat. Like I've, I've slowly reduced the amount that I'm eating during these surpluses. I know what I'm eating in order to, to, to build that muscle, in order to gain that weight. So now it's just gonna be eating a little bit less than what I did uh, this past year in order to gain that seven pounds, just cutting it down a little bit. It's not gonna be a drastic change. Like if I was in a, in a 100 calorie to 150 calorie surplus, so what if it's a 75 calorie surplus instead? Of, it's gonna be so minimal difference in order to achieve the goal I'm at. It's not gonna be a drastic change to my overall life. So it's gonna be very, very close, just slowing the process down. And again, just closer and closer to maintenance. So a gentle, gentle surplus in order to build muscle at this stage again. But again, it's not based on just the research. This is based on my own personal experiences and really being diligent with 
my overall lifestyle, just really keeping things consistent and really keeping things, just getting more and more dialed in with my overall lifestyle in general. I got a lot of great structure in place. So making subtle little changes, it's pretty easy for me to do. Um, and it's pretty easy for me to monitor without having to track it on uh, in, in my fatness pal. I don't have to track my calories all the time. I just, my lifestyle is pretty much the same. I don't have to step on the scale every day to see, oh my God, am I up 0.11 pounds today? I'm not gonna be doing that. It's just, I'm basically going to be enjoying my life, not obsessing over the scale, not obsessing over tracking or anything, just really nailing the process and keeping things as consistent and structured as possible. Just knowing that this lifestyle that I'm living is, it's a very gentle surplus. It's very, very close to what I'll be eating, what my activity is in order to maintain my weight, maintain my muscle mass. So my recommendation for the best way to gain muscle after 40 based on my 20 plus years of physique coaching experience, my 25 plus years of proper training, my 30 plus years of actually weight lifting is basically very, very close to what the evidence reveals and that's to aim to gain about 0.5% uh, of your total body weight per week and a calorie surplus of anywhere from 60 to 100 calories. If you are, you don't mind gaining a bit of extra fat, you don't mind cutting a bit longer, you can aim your first go around right now, aim for that 1% of your body weight per month. So if you're 200 pounds, you'd be aiming to gain two pounds per month. Uh, aim for that, see how your body progresses over six, seven months of building at that stage. And when you cut down, if it, if it takes you, maybe it takes you eight, 12 weeks to cut down again, how much muscle did you gain? So if you gained during that process, two pounds a month for, for seven months, you gained 14 pounds two of it was muscle, all right, that's great, you gained two pounds of muscle, but you now have like 12 extra pounds of fat. Is is that ratio, that one to six ratio, worth the trade-off for you? I don't know, maybe it is. It's gonna depend on your own comfort zone there, but again, you gotta realize that if you were to slow it down a little bit more, uh, you could spend more time building muscle. I think the best approach to gain muscle after 40 is to spend more time at maintenance or in a gentle caloric surplus and less time dieting. That's the main thing is spend as less time dieting as possible. Um, that is That should be your goal as a man over 40 looking to transform your physique, live your life to the fullest, is to spend as little time dieting as possible. Honestly, for me, uh, this year, if I'm slowing that process down to about four pounds of weight gain this year instead of the seven to eight that I got, I'm only gonna have to diet down for two weeks instead of four. So I'm looking at almost the entire year in a very gentle surplus and in an anabolic state and not in a state of deprivation. But again, it's tied into my experiences with how much muscle I've been able to gain over the years. So that's why I don't mind you being, if you wanna be a little bit more aggressive and go for that, 1% of your body weight per month. Initially, see how your body responds, then make adjustments after that. But slow it down so you're not spending much time dieting. You don't have to have to diet for 12 weeks every single year. That just gets monotonous, tedious, and a lot of times it's basically pointless, especially if you're not a competitive bodybuilder or anything like that. If you're just trying to maximize your potential, continue to strive for your potential, live your life to the fullest, 
keep it slow and steady, a gentle surplus while you're striving for your potential in that process. Now let's move on to how to structure your training to gain muscle after 40. When it comes to workouts for men over 40, what you probably hear most often is the importance of recovery and how us men over 40 don't recover as well from our workouts as we did when we were younger. That is absolutely true. But some of the nonsense advice that I hear out there is that you should train less because you don't recover as well. And the downside of that is that what evidence also shows is that we need to gradually increase training volume over time in order to um, create that adaptive response where we're going to gain muscle. Basically, our body adapts to the amount of training volume that we perform, and if we dial back, we're giving it less stimulus, and it's not going to get the amount of stimulus it needs in order to grow. So very slowly, very gradually over time, we need to challenge our body more and more if we expect it to, to grow. The downside of that is that if you are continuously adding more volume, adding more volume, adding more volume, yet yeah, it's going to be incredibly difficult for you to recover from. It is going to beat you down. So the best approach to gaining muscle after 40 when it comes to structuring your workout plans is to take both of those approaches into consideration. The importance of, yes, you do need to train less, at times. Yes, you do need to increase your volume at times. And the best approach is to structure that into your yearly training plan. So you do go through a phase where you're gradually increasing the volume. You get to a point where you reach that peak volume where you're like, it, you know it's difficult to recover from. Your joints are starting to feel a little bit, your muscles are feeling fatigued, you're, you're sore a little bit more often. You're just, you, that fatigue doesn't dissipate as easily as it did earlier on in the stage. When you get to that point, you dial the volume back, you allow that fatigue to dissipate, you allow your body to fully recover, and you also, at the same time, allow your muscles to resensitize to the training stimulus. So let's say at that peak volume training, phase, you reached a point where you hit, you were working with 24 sets uh, per muscle group for the week, spreading that volume out across multiple workouts. Um, and that's just, you re that's the point where you do that for, for four weeks, maybe eight weeks max, uh, your body just, any more of that volume, you're just going to break yourself down and run the risk of injury. So you dial it right back down to maybe 10 sets per muscle group per week to really allow the, that the fatigue to dissipate your muscles to fully recover. And you resensitize. So once you start doing, um, 12 sets, 14 sets uh, per muscle group per week, your body's gonna respond better to that once again. So whereas if you keep doing the, the 24 sets per week, your body adapts to that training stimulus. It's still, it's gonna be all right. In order to change, you need to do more and more, but doing more means it's just gonna beat you down. Your body's not gonna be able to recover from it. So that's the way that you, you get the best of both worlds. You allow, you, you take the recovery into consideration. You give your time, your body that time to fully recover, but you also need to challenge your body at times as well. So it all comes to strategically tr um, designing your training plan in the big picture. You can't just take workout plan and workout plan and follow a bunch of different people's workout plans that maybe 
high volume all the time, you need to have some high volume and you need to have some low volume and everything in between as well. And the other thing that I come across quite often when it comes to dealing with recovery and my fellow men over 40 is that a lot of them are afraid to take a full week off from training. They think they're going to lose all of their gains and it has been forever since they have given themselves a complete break from training. And I highly recommend you get at least three weeks throughout the year where you take completely off of weight training, whether it's going away on vacation, which oftentimes presents the best opportunity to, to take a break from your training. Uh, but if you don't have any vacations planned, make sure you are scheduling a complete week off from training at least every four months just to really give your body a complete full break from training altogether. Allow your joints to just Get, get a break from feeling that load under 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 them and, and that you're give your, your muscles a break your tendons a break from feeling the resistance the tension all the time from your training so really giving your body that complete chance to fully recover so you combine those three maybe even sometimes four weeks off throughout the entire year in addition to having some low volume training phases it's a great way to be proactive with your recovery and still give yourself that chance to ramp up the volume it makes handling that higher volume training a heck of a lot easier when you're incorporating that low volume training and the weeks off throughout your entire training year and the other aspect to consider when you are dealing with recovery is how you spread the training volume out throughout your each individual workout plan so let's say you are training each muscle group, you're going with a high volume training phase and you're looking at training each muscle group with 18 sets per uh, muscle group per week, uh, you could spread that out through two individual workouts where you're getting nine sets in one workout and nine sets in another workout. Or you could spread it out through three workouts. You're finding it's a little bit easier for you to manage your fatigue. Like the, the nine sets, it's, it's challenging. It takes you a little bit longer to recover from. Whereas if you take uh, six sets per workout and spread over three workouts, it's not as, it's easier for you to recover from and you can hit it again a lot sooner. Uh, but the other thing is that you don't have to evenly distribute. It doesn't have to be nine and nine if you're doing two, um, working each muscle group twice per week and it doesn't have to be six, six, and six if you're working each muscle group three times per week. You could do nine sets with one workout, six sets another workout, three sets the third workout. You're getting various different stimulations in there. The nine sets for that one workout, like I said, that's that's a, a lot of volume in work, one workout for that, that muscle group. You're gonna cause a significant amount of muscle damage, which is fantastic. It's going to challenge your muscles and really, really spark that growth process. And it's gonna take a little bit longer to recover from, but if you hit it in the next workout with, let's say, the, the three sets, it's just that little bit of stimulation. It's like, yeah, you might be a little bit sore still from the previous workout, but three sets, it's just gonna get some blood flowing to it. It's gonna allow you to speed up that recovery process. It's gonna spike the growth process. So you're spiking the muscle protein, protein synthesis once again. And then again, you hit it with six sets the next time where it's not, it's, it's more than the three sets, but it's, it, it's not, as much as the nine sets where it's gonna take you, you're gonna be able to recover from six sets a lot quicker. So when you hit it with nine sets again the following week, you're not gonna be sore. You're gonna be able to handle that nine sets. So you can create, you can spread it out. You don't have to spread it out evenly each and every time. Play around with it. I like to call it the punish and prod approach where you are, you're challenging your muscles 
with one workout and then you're just stimulating it with one or two other workouts throughout the week. Just really making sure you're sparking that growth response. But really paying attention to how your muscles are recovering with how you are spreading out that training volume throughout the week. If you're only aiming for 10 sets in one workout, you're in a low volume training phase, you could hit all 10 sets with just one workout, hit that body part just one time per week. That's fine, Like that's I find the lower volume training phases are a great opportunity to work in a body part split routine. If you start getting into 12 sets, 14 sets per week, it's a good idea to start spreading that volume over at least two, we uh, two workouts per week per muscle group. So playing around with that and playing around with how many sets per uh, workout that your body can handle. I don't want you to see you doing like 16 sets per workout uh, for a specific muscle group is such overkill. It's ridiculous. I still see it quite often out there, but you're not, you're not maximizing your benefit from that training session. You're not getting quality sets, especially towards the end when you got fatigue, uh, so much fatigue accumulated in there and you're not able to lift the amount of weight, generate the amount of force that you're able to towards the end of that workout. So definitely paying close attention to how you spread out that training volume throughout the week is key. In addition to how you manipulate the training volume over the course of several months throughout your training year. And as with training at any age, it's important to work with a variety of rep ranges, but when it comes to gaining muscle after 40, working out after 40, it really helps to pay attention to how your body feels with the different rep ranges for different exercises. I know a lot of my fellow men over 40, squatting with a heavy load on your back just doesn't feel like it used to when we were younger. We get a lot more beat up with a load, a heavy load on our back. So instead of going really heavy and performing six to eight repetitions for a squat, a lot of us feel so much better performing in the, t in the 12 to 20 rep range, like high rep squats, high rep leg exercises tend to feel a lot better to us on our joints. We feel a great deal of tension. And the beauty of it is that what the research is showing right now is that it doesn't matter, like high reps are just as effective for a muscle growth as lower repetitions, um, as long as you're bringing the exercise to momentary muscular failure. So you gotta make sure that you are challenging your muscles. So just because it's lighter and you're aiming for 20 repetitions, you better make sure that that 20th rep was a incredibly challenging rep for you to perform with good quality form. So uh, work with all those different rep ranges, but pay attention to the exercises that do feel better with lighter weight and higher repetitions and exercises that you don't mind going heavier and challenging yourself with that six to eight rep range. Uh, so working those all in there as well. Just, just paying attention once again to how your body recovers from that. Because the other thing is that it's, it's exhausting. Doing high rep leg exercises is very cardiovascular demanding. You wanna make sure that it's not your endurance that is um, holding you back, that it's, it's the muscle fatigue, the burning sensation, really working it to the point of momentary muscular failure that is, is getting, to you, getting you to that point to, to finish the set. And the last thing when it comes to training after 40 is to not force progression. Just like your muscle gains are coming at a much slower pace, your strength gains are going to come at a slow pace as well. So I see a lot of men over 40 still stuck in their, their youth mindset where they've got to add more load to the bar each and every week. And that is just, that could be a recipe for disaster, a recipe for injury. Um, there's just, first of all, there's so many different 
different factors that come into play when it comes to our strength gains, uh, how well we're sleeping, how the quality of our nutrition, our levels of stress can have a huge impact on our performance in the gym. And I see a lot of guys rolling into the gym, they're, they're stressed like crazy, they're high demands in their life right now, they're sleeping like crap, and they're trying to lift more weight than what they did the last week and they're just they're struggling with it they're grinding it out and that's just going to set you up for failure so your strength gains are going you might not be able to add more weight to your bench press for the next month or so and that's okay as long as you're continually trying to progress in one way or another continue trying to add a little bit more uh, but the bottom line is like i am seeing i mean most of my fellow men over 40 and physique coaches over 40 we're lifting lighter than we did in our 20s so it's a different kind it's not like we're trying to progress in the way where we're lifting more than we did when we were 20 years old we're just trying to gradually make progress from not even workout to workout, but training phase and training phase at this point, like what we're working with right now. Because right now, if I was trying to lift what I did when I was 20, it would beat me down. My joints would just be wrecked right now. My tendons would be screaming at me. Um, it just doesn't feel as good to lift that kind of heavy weight uh, as it once did back then. So I'm just listening to my body, being smart and progressing in a smart, intelligent way, realizing that, hey, I'm gonna have days where I feel strong. I had a great sleep. I'm not under any kind of stress. I've been my, eating nutrient-rich foods each and every day. And I do, I can have a workout where I'm like, holy crap, that I'm able to add weight to the bar and, and, and sometimes a significant amount of weight to the bar, especially for someone who's been lifting for a fair amount of time. Then there's other days you walk in the gym, you just don't have it. And it's okay to dial back your the weight that you're lifting that day. You gotta train smarter at the stage in the game so we're in it for a lot longer. And, and because there's so, we have good days, we have bad days, it's more important to look at our progress when it comes to progressive overload um, over the course of even months rather than uh, workout to workout, week to week. So just keep trying to challenge yourself. The most important thing is that you're just giving your best effort in that moment for that day and being smart with your training. You're not trying to force progression by any means. Uh, so don't force yourself to add weight to the bar if you just don't have it any of that day. But challenge yourself appropriately, intelligently. So now you know what the research shows, the evidence shows, you know what my experience has been like. I would love to hear what your experiences have been like gaining muscle after 40. Drop a comment down below, share your experiences, share your insights, share your thoughts on this topic. If, if you think you can gain more than two to three pounds of muscle per year, let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts if you have done it personally yourself. If you know any other bro over 40 who has gained more than two to three pounds of muscle per year, I personally am not really seeing it. I'm not seeing it from my guys who are on steroids. I'm not seeing it from guys who are on heavy doses of TRT replacement. So I'm hearing from some of these physique coaches who are like all about gaining more, gaining more and, and bulking and cutting and their physiques have not changed much over 40 at all. Certainly haven't exceeded the two to three pounds of muscle per year uh, based on the evidence here. And if you can only gain two to three pounds per muscle per year and you're looking at adding 20 to 30 pounds in order to gain that 
two to three pounds of muscle per year. I just That is excessive. That's a ratio of muscle gain to fat gain that is just ridiculous and not serving you any good whatsoever. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, please smash that thumbs up button. I'd really appreciate it if you know a fellow bro who would benefit from hearing today's podcast. Do him a favor and share it with him. Before you go, don't forget to download your free guide, Jacked After 40. Have yourself an amazing day. Catch you in the next podcast.